What's up, internet? Hope you're all doing well out there in the wild, wild world. Do mean it. How are you? Sit down. Have a cup of tea. Tell me what's wrong. Nothing? Good. If there is something, well, I don't know. Google it. The answer to your life problem. I don't have the answers, probably. This is episode 2.5, so I'm just going to do a couple of shorter ones. There's going to be another sort of shorter podcast next week covering the same topic. Just to make up the week, I didn't actually do anything with my life and I just sat there being ill and feeling sorry for myself. So today, we're talking about Celtic folklore, wisp me away, or wisp me off my feet, whatever the popular term is. So, brief moment to say, Celtic folklore is not exclusive to the British Isles. It's a much wider thing. Some of it is Germanic in origin. Some of it is uh, prevalent in the Brittany region of France. There's obviously Irish, Scottish, uh, English, Cornish, Welsh. Obviously the British Isles, quite popular for it. But, you know, it, it did exist in France, Germany and other parts of Europe as well. So, with that being said, we're going to jump into some drums and the intro music. I love intro music, intro music loves me too. So, best way to start this is you can probably guess from the title, it's going to be the legendary Will of the Wisp, or, you know, the Swamp Lights. And I say Swamp Lights because in the modern age, where we kind of have science, it's very commonly believed the legend has in fact come from, you know, methane and gas builds up in swamps igniting and creating mysterious lights. But you know what? Wasn't the world a more fantastical place before we had the internet? Back when there was actual mystery behind these things. You know, you have to remember, back when these legends and folk tales were being written, people believed in this kind of thing. So, a will-o'-the-wisp, which is a... Say that ten times faster when you're pissed, is commonly believed in Celtic folklore to be a spirit or a fairy. You know, they don't always make up their mind on which one. And its main trait within that is that it would often lead travellers off the tried and true paths and roads and lead them into treacherous swamps where they would probably die a horrible death. Guys, have you ever noticed that a lot of these things are just depressing? Like Warhammer was depressing, The Witch was depressing, and that started depressing. So, they were mischievous and malevolent spirits, brought to you by the letter M. And... It was commonly believed they were the spirits of people who did not make it to either heaven nor hell of whatever their respective faith at the time was, because they're not just prevalent in Celtic folklore, but I'll save that for the end of this section. So in essence, they were believed to be the disembodied spirits of you know men, women, children, just people who had died and hadn't been quite bad enough to go to hell, but nor had they been good enough to go to heaven. Um, or they had tricked the devil in some way, and he was like, yep, your punishment is you don't get to come here, you're going to go be up there and just be fucking people over, because that's somehow worse. So, popular legend is a man who makes a deal with the devil for whatever reason people do this. When the devil comes to collect, the man tricks the devil, and when he goes to make his payment, he, uh, he tricks the devil by revealing a crucifix. So the devil is trapped and can't do anything, and the man says, right, in exchange... Give me 10 years of my life and I'll let you free. And the devil goes, yep, alright then. No worries, brother. Does it? Done. That's a done deal. 
Ten years later, the devil comes back for the man. I'm here for your soul, mate. Like, come on, let's let's not be fucking around anymore. You know, I've given you extra ten years. Come on. The guy goes, yep, yep, yep. Your payment's in that tree. It's like, you you what? Payments in the tree. It's pretty bored if I put it in a tree, you know. He's like, all right then. Is that a trick, is it? No, that's definitely not a trick, mate. It's definitely, definitely not a trick. Uh, all right then. So the devil climbs a tree because apparently when you're a, you know, angelic being of doom, uh, you climb trees still instead of flying. So he climbs a tree and picks up his payment, under of which is another crucifix, and the devil has again been tricked. So, in response to this, the devil says, "What do you want?" And the guy goes, oh, I want my debt to you to be paid. He's like, all right, then, fine, just let me go. So he goes, let go. But, you know, no one lives forever. So eventually the man dies. And the devil says to him, well, you can't come to hell. Um, I'm done with you. You had your chance to, like, you know, own up to shit. You ain't going to heaven either. So I'll tell you what. I will give you a light to see your way through the world. But you will walk the world eternally. And the devil gives it to him. And the man places it inside a carved turnip. Hence the other popular uh, reference for a Will of the Wisp being a jack-o'-lantern. Which might be where we get our tradition of jack-o'-lanterns uh, for Halloween. But yeah, that's a way of looking at it if you want. The other popular theory about Will of the Wisps is kind of similar to the Japanese fox spirit, a kitsune or a kuda kitsune uh, specifically, which is a guardian spirit. So that's another um, thing the Will of the Wisp can relate to, which is some of them were, in the folklore, known to be protective spirits that would, you know, gr- help you find fortune by leading you off the beaten path. Perhaps you'd, you know, find some some treasure or find some kind of enlightenment from it. So most of the stories tend to be though they'll fuck you over in some way. They're going to mess with you. And it's not going to be pleasant. They will lead you to treachery and death or injury. And they're kind of bastards. But, you know, they appear a lot in different pop cultures and video games. Uh, the, the one that springs to mind the most would be Skyrim. Because I think they're the ones that have sort of shown it the most. I mean, if you really want to go into it, you could say Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Which is a fantastic game. But they don't really represent wisps the way they're prevalent in mythology which is okay because you know different variations and artist impressions and different things like that are always good variety is the spice of life so they're also in many different cultures even within the same uh, country or island they're known by many 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 different names so just to go through some of the ones in england uh, east anglia for instance would have known them as hobby lanterns uh, or the lantern man uh, this one's particularly funny. In Somerset, a hinky punk. I don't quite know why they were called that. In other places, a jack-o'-lantern, Will of the Wikes, you know, different names for different regions. Uh, they had a Latin name, which was Ignis Fatus. I don't speak Latin, so I'm assuming it means something. I didn't quite read that much into it, because quite honestly, I'm damn near illiterate sometimes about my glasses and I lose them on a regular basis but it has to be said one of the almost weirdly interesting things about these is they are pretty much a global tale though the story's not always the same they exist within pretty much every single culture so the Oceanas have their own equivalent of the Will of the Wisp legend which was known as a Min Min light. But I didn't read into that because I tried to keep myself on topic and focus on purely the Celtic folklore. Mainly the Irish and Scottish side of it because those are kind of the ones I knew more about going into this. But, you know, I'm probably going to have to read about them at some point. 
you know, there was a Slavic uh, equivalent to this same story, as there was a. I think it was Thai. I think there's a Thai version of the story as well. But that's going to wrap up the brief little section about the Will of the Wisp. Like I said, it's going to be a short one today. The next one I'm going to talk about is um, a Selkie or a mermaid, if you will, because they share a lot of commonalities. That's a primarily Irish and Scottish folk legend. This beautiful lady who is part fish. But instead of it being the kind of legend where it's the bottom half is a fish lady and the top half is a lady lady, theirs is a little bit different. And it's not always fish, sometimes it's a seal. As in half lady, half seal. So the legend goes that... There are these beautiful women out at sea, and you 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 want to slip something to him. You, you know what I mean, lads. You know what I mean, girls. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. Anywho, so the legend goes that these creatures, these selkie, would beach themselves upon the shore, and in what sounds reasonably violent, rip off the seal skin part of themselves and just be stood there as a lady, which is always good. And they would seek to influence or seduce uh, men of the dry land and then when they return to the ocean they put their seal skins right back on as if nothing had happened should also be pointed out that they are prevalent not overly so it's not like the common knowledge that they do appear within Norse mythology as well says so that again that bit of overlap between cultures between the Celtic cultures and the Nordic cultures the Slavic cultures so, what, what do they do? What's their supernatural power? They can shed their skin and become a woman or a seal. They're not particularly... As far as uh, mythical beings go, they're not particularly intimidating. But, you know, within these classic folk legends and myths, they're not always intimidating. Some of them are just, like, whimsical or just... They're almost written like something that, although it couldn't exist, it's not there to terrify. It's not there to tell a story it's almost like an addition to a story like oh, i'm going to tell you a fantastical tale of horrible beasts but these are here too they're just like padding if you will in in my opinion you know i've always tended to be more of the yeah but tell me about werewolves kind of guy you know tell me about something scary and dangerous so selkie don't like right up there but they again they managed to cross the across the oceans of their their stories to you know iceland Sweden, the, the Nordic and Celtic nations, uh, and the Orkney Isles of uh, Scotland, which are cold, usually, and rainy, so it makes sense. So, moving on to the next segment, because there's not really a lot to say about them. We're going to talk about probably something that you've all heard of, any of you that are into fantasy or folklore, and any of you that are into um, uh, tabletop gaming, fantasy tabletop gaming, so Pathfinder, Dungeons & Dragons... We're going to talk about banshees and their oh-so-famous whale, their whale. So, little-known fact, or commonly-known fact, however much you sort of look into these things, a banshee is actually uh, an Irish folk legend, and they are known to be the spirits of dead or grieving women with business, basically, um, that wander graveyards and wander the earth uh, sobbing uncontrollably for whatever they have lost in life that is now passed on. Now, the traditional wail of the Banshee being a horrible, horrible thing that will kill you all, that may or may not be a misconception with the folk legend. So, within the legend itself... The whale generally portends a death. It portends who's who's next, who's dying next. If you hear it, 
the legend states that you're doomed to die soon. But their wails can also be heard from miles away. So it kind of, you know, you're kind of buggered either way. There's other legends where the Banshee's wail would only affect one of the five great houses of Ireland. But they became so intermarried and intermingled that this all, you know, everyone is part of it now. But again, there's different renditions of the same legend. It's the thing when you start looking into a lot of these sort of like mythologies that aren't the typical mainstream covered by most media, like, you know, the Greek or the Norse, is there's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth, there's a lot of flexibility with the legends. I think Celts in history were just I don't know, they seem to be less organised storytellers than some of the other cultures in the world. So it varies from if you hear her wailing away, it means someone someone is about to die, not necessarily you. There's other legends where if you hear a banshee's wail, you drop dead immediately and she eats your soul. So it's hard to, you know, pin down where each of these legends started. But the, the, the thing that reigns consistent is it's, she's generally described as, you know, a, a tall, thin, spectral woman with lovely, beautiful, silvery hair and just walks around keening. And it's, it's kind of sad. It's kind of a sad creature. But that being said, uh, those of you who are D&D players, where are the Banshee? Am I right, guys? You know, I like, want to fail that fucking wisdom save. There is also one more sort of folk legend that the Banshee is in fact a fairy, which are very, very prominent in a lot of Celtic folk legends and laws. Uh, the fairies, you had good fairies, bad fairies, they had different variations, different things. Almost as, I'm again going to compare it to the Norse mythology that they had the elves, uh, or their equivalent to elves, that were kind of the same thing, but weren't. So they obviously had the dwarfs in their mythology who were also elves because mythology was different back then. We didn't have Tolkien yet. So it's kind of another one of them. So fairies, good, bad. But a fairy isn't necessarily a fairy. A banshee can be a fairy. A leprechaun be, be a fairy. It's not, It's more of like a catch term for a lot of these different creatures to categorise them. Um, with that being said, to the next one because we're powering through these today, guys, and we're staying on topic and I don't like it. I need to be more distracted. We're going to go with changelings, shapeshifters, uh, what they're called, Dopplers in The Witcher, if you will. They exist pretty much everywhere in Europe. All of Europe has their own folk legend or folklore, so I'm just going to rattle off like England, Ireland, Poland, Spain, all of these places had a version of a changeling. And in different cultures, there are, again, different kinds of changelings. Like, I believe, and this is from memory, there's one in Japanese cult, Japanese folklore that steals your baby or something. The changeling steals your baby and then turns into your baby and eats your stomach or something like that. Like, I'll be honest, haven't read that in a few years, so that was just off the, off the cuff, as it were. But within the legends of... I'm going to go again to Ireland. I think Ireland's a good example because we know more about a lot of Irish mythology and Irish folklore than we do of uh, Britons, for instance. I think that's mainly because of um, the conquest of England by the Romans. I think they probably essentially deleted a lot of our folk legends when they conquered it, whereas Ireland famously remained unconquered, as did Scotland and parts of Wales. So... 
I'm not saying that's what happened. That's my hypothesis from a, a relatively good knowledge of history. But to get back on topic, so changelings aren't necessarily what you think. They're not like shapeshifters, even though they kind of the name implies it and changeling and shapeshifter are often intermingled into different things so a changeling is essentially a fairy who's a bit of a bastard and what essentially goes down is a baby is kidnapped by fairies particularly a, a, a baby that is either envied by a great many people so you new mothers out there stop putting your pictures of your babies on your Facebook, it will get replaced by a changeling. You're welcome, world. Come on. We're all thinking it. Moving along. So, essentially, your baby is replaced by a fairy that, at first, you wouldn't even tell the difference. Like, oh, that's my beautiful baby boy. He's a good lad. Good lad. However, as time goes on, it becomes more and more and more and more uh, deformed and strange-looking. There's some folk tales where they don't replace it with a young fairy, they replace it with an old fairy who just wants to, you know, die in comfort. Of, ah, have some people look after me for a couple of years. Why not? And it was the common theory, and I say theory, it was a common belief, I should say, for these cultures that deformed babies were changelings and, oh, an evil fairy replaced your baby. It's not your fault. Don't you worry. Uh, this belief is actually sadly why so many children were killed or abandoned when they were deformed or sick in that era of history. So, it's kind of hard in the age we live in to imagine, I, I think for most people, that you have to remember, to us it's mythology and something interesting to read. Back then it was something people actually believed. Like I know it seems very far-fetched to us now with the power of the internet, and by the way, I've got nothing against religious people. I don't frankly care because I'm—I just don't. I don't have that kind of belief. But yeah, it's that. It's wrapping your head around the idea that oh shit, people actually believe that if their baby was deformed, it's because it was an evil fairy that's stolen my baby. So that's something to you know have a little ponder about. Have a little think about that later with a cup of tea or something. So the last thing I'm going to talk about uh, briefly today is. Uh, I can't pronounce it. It's called an abaltak. Don't ask about that accent I just tried to do because I don't want to do it either. It's a an Irish legend and is believed to be one of the inspirations behind the idea of Dracula. It was in fact an Irish vampire, which tell you what, guys. Until last week when I was reading about this, I didn't even know existed. So, essentially, I'll tell you the brief story of him. There was a parish, which, uh, for those of you that don't know, is a very small village. Tended to have a church sometimes in the graveyard. You know, the standard, like, hamlet kind of deal. And it says there was a um, an evil man there, a dwarf. Uh, remember, dwarf does not mean, like, Gimli, the son of Gloin. It, it's a completely different thing. And it was said he was a cruel man and he had powerful magics and he could do anything he wanted. But soon, a local chieftain, a mighty warrior... Chad among Williams I'm bad at this uh, came and slew him and buried him nearby and was like, oh, I'm done with that however the locals although they thought their luck had changed and it, 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 the creature had been defeated it came back twice as powerful as before because if you strike him down he shall return more powerful than you can imagine now 
The chieftain came back and decided, you know what, I'm, I'm sick of you, mate, and killed him a second time and buried him again. I don't know why, but he decided both these times to uh, bury him either standing up, is the description I'm reading, or just the right way up, as you would a normal person. However, it came back again, and this time it spread its terror across the whole of the land and all of Ireland, and the children cried and the women wailed and the men shat their pants. But again, this chieftain was like, do you know what, mate, I'm... Okay, I'm done with you. This time you're fucked. So he went and spoke to a druid, uh, who were the holy men uh, of the sort of various religions. And he was told, okay, mate, try something new. Bury him upside down. And do you know what? He did it. And for some reason, this actually worked. And uh, the Abatash, honestly, I can't pronounce it, never was to return again. So... You may think this has nothing to do with a vampire. And I thought that too. But the legend states that it, this creature rises out of its grave to find fresh blood to drink. Um, it's a bit of a, a, a weird tale, obviously. But, you know, like I say, different strokes for different folks. Everyone has a, Every nation has a different mythology and folklore. And, you know, if there's any you guys find particularly interesting, um, feel free to get in touch about it. And I'll do a bit of research and I'll give my views and my thoughts on that. Uh, if you do want to do that, ah, this is where we do our little... It's at letstalkfantasy93 at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I'm not going to harp on about it this week. But hope you all enjoyed being here today. I know it was, uh, like I say, a bit short, but it's just like a little bonus episode. I hope you're all happy. hope you're all well. Uh, again, I hope you get in touch. And have a good one, guys. Um, ta